0: Hey and welcome to Detroit today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have decided to join us. This time last week, we were speaking with Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence on the show about the Congressional Black Caucuses' efforts to vaccinate more people in their districts, and we were just getting into another subject that I really wanted to discuss with her before we ran out of time. We were talking about Republican Senator Tim Scott's statement that America is not a racist country. It's something he said in response to President Joe Biden's address to a joint session of Congress last week. It's something we also talked about at length yesterday on the show, but I really wanted to get Congresswoman Lawrence's take on this as well because she's, of course, a member of the Congressional Black Caucus and someone who works with Senator Scott in Congress. I think it is really important to remember that Senator Scott is entitled to whatever opinion he has about racism, about inequality, about his own experiences here in America. And he was really eloquent, in fact, in talking about the instances in which he's felt discriminated against or where racial bias affected his life. But when he made that speech to the entire country, the implication, of course, is that he's speaking for African Americans in some way. And so the statement, America is not a racist country, coming out of the mouth of the only African-American member of the Republican caucus in the Senate, has implications far beyond his own personal ideas and views. And I think it's really important that we get some insight into how he works with the other members of Congress who are African-Americans, who have had the experiences that he was talking about with bias and racism. So that's where we want to begin the conversation today and I want to welcome Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence back to the program. Congresswoman, always great to have you here.
1: Good morning. It's it's a, it's always good to hear your voice in the morning.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so let's start with what your reaction was to Senator Scott's statement. That's where I think we kind of left off. Uh, mm-hmm. when we when we got a bad phone connection and then ran out of time last week. So what was your reaction? <laughs>
1: um, the reaction was i was um I was disappointed. I was um confused because he was contradicting himself because he said there's no racism. Then he went into detail explaining these profiling racist events he had had in his life. He had one time, I remember when we were talking about racism and the talk about the, what every parent of a black male has the talk. Uh, he's very much aware of that. But my confusion was, why did he feel compelled? What, what box was he checking? And why did he feel the need to say something that's not true? And the thing that is so amazing to me is just, just this week, there was a report of a Louisiana state elected official who said that people only give the bad side of slavery. There's two sides to slavery, mm-hmm. that there were masters who loved their slaves, And there were slaves who loved their masters and that we keep teaching the negative part of slavery and being black in America means you are confronted with what my grandmother, the tool my grandmother gave me. She says, "A black woman in America, Brenda, you're going to spend the majority of your life doing two things. She said, and one is, educating people because prejudice and racism is ignorance and she said you're gonna have to at times when it seems so demeaning that you're gonna have to take the time to educate second thing she said you're gonna have to forgive because if you don't you absorb that hatred and you'll become one of them Mm. a person who hate and a person who just You know, discriminate and, and, and just assume everyone of a certain race is a person that's deserving of hate. But I, I listen to comments like that and then, you know, you, there are people who in order to survive, they feel that they have to reduce their identity to a level of acceptance. Mm. And, you know, there's some very harsh words for that. Some people call it Uncle Tom. Some people call it whatever. But to enslave black people in America, they had to do three basic things. They had to make sure they did not get educated, because we all know knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. They had to destroy and dismantle their families. So they made sure that there was because there's power and strength in community and family. Sure. And then they had to make sure they had no sense of economic resources. And as long as they kept those three, three things intact, they could enslave them. And, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, but that's our world, being a black person in America. I mean, yeah. You confront it. We have, <clears throat> we're have, we having an ongoing debate now about reparations. And I've had African Americans say, I don't want to talk about that because I don't want people to think I'm weak and, and that I deserve a handout. I don't need them to give me anything. But reparations, Stephen, is not about 40 acres and a mule. Reparations is about, first of all, America recognizing what you did to the black people in this country, acknowledging it and apologizing for it. That's the first step. Right. The second step is you cannot explain why the disproportionate majority of people in prison are black people and black men. You cannot explain how we have had health care practices in America where the, almost every chronic disease black people are leading in that. You cannot explain away home ownership in America among black people is one of the lowest. Mm-hmm. So when you start seeing the facts, then we need to talk about that. And I, I don't want forty acres of mule or mule. I had a praying, um, amazing, uneducated black grandmother who raised me to value education above all. And I have a college degree. I have been able to work. I've been able to to fight and and overcome all kind of barriers. Do you know when I became mayor? a white male at a public event walked up to me and said, you're not going to win. And I said, well, you don't know that. He said, no, because every time a black person takes over a city becomes a ghetto and we are not going to let that happen in Southfield. Wow. To my face. But did I give up? Did I run away and cry? Did I start screaming and hollering? Because that was at a point I made a deliberate decision. I could have reacted to that with anger, or I could take that as my launching path to be even more persistent, diligent, and more passionate about my ability to be a leader, be a mayor, and dispel his, his expectation or dispel his, his lie. But, you know, you, you survive all of that. Yeah. And do we need to have a conversation about race in America? Absolutely. So we can stop that crap of there's no racism in America.
0: So so I, I'm curious, very curious, in fact, about the relationship between Senator Scott and and other African-American members of Congress. Uh, uh, he, he is the only Republican, African-American mm-hmm. Republican in the Senate um, uh, he is not a member of the Congressional Black Caucus. We did talk about that last mm-hmm. week when you were on the show. But but I I, I wonder w- what kind of relationship you have with him. What kind of relationship he has had with other black members uh, 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 of the House or, or or the Senate? What does that relationship look like? And the reason I'm asking is again, I I, I think there was no way to mistake the 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 optics of uh his speech as as trying to represent him as somehow representative, reflective of uh African Americans in Congress or African Americans uh you know, anywhere. Um but but that does raise the question then, what is his relationship with, with other African Americans in Congress?
1: Well, Mr Scott, um is a African-American who has um, risen to the level of being elected to the office of Senate. So we're proud of him. Uh, it is uh, quite an accomplishment. It's obvious it's not the norm for a black person to be a member of, Senate, of the Senate. He's also uh, a Republican. So he's outside of the norm. He's in a party where... African-Americans are are very narrowly, as at all, represented around this country. So we're not going to take that away from him. He has refused to join the Black Caucus. Now, we had Nina Long, who was a Black um, woman, Congresswoman, who was a Republican, who joined the Black Caucus. It was awkward to manage the discussion within that room because... One thing about the Black Caucus meetings, we have we talk about real issues, and we don't hold any punches, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't want a Republican reporting back on or saying things out of content to a party that typically is not on the same page we're on. But she did it because she said, every day, even though I am a Republican, I'm having the same experience as every Black person in this room
2: mm.
1: and she was married she was from utah and she was a mormon but she was married to a a white uh a white man but she said my children are confronting their identity of being a black person and she was uh her parents were from haiti mm. so she had all kind of stuff going, immigration mm-hmm. you know black mm-hmm. Um, being her children being biracial, and so it was fascinating watching her struggle because there were times she would just get up and walk, leave the room because the conversation did not was not one she identified with. Mm. But she said, "There's more that I identify with than I don't." Um, remember when Trump was in office and um, Mr. Scott led the discussion. Discussion with the president at that time about prison reform, mm-hmm. and he actually worked with um, Cory Booker. So I mean, it's it is what it is. You, being in politics, I, I am forced to understand you meet a person where they are, and um, you keep it moving. Mm.
0: So so uh, I want to open up the phones here and and have people call and tell us, hey, uh, what did you think of Senator Tim Scott's uh, comments on race? How do you think public officials should be thinking about talking about race in this country? Uh, I'm, I'm really curious if you're African American, um, did you think uh, Senator Scott was out of his lane saying what he what he said in that kind of forum uh, on that kind of platform? Uh, If you're if you're white, I'm really curious uh, what you thought he was trying to communicate about um, not just this country, but about African-Americans and what uh, we think about this, uh, what we think about this country Um, and uh, talk about uh, what you think about this ongoing conversation that we're having about racism and inequality in America as always, the number here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and uh, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation that way. Uh, Brenda, I want to ask you if you've talked at all with Senator Scott since he made his comments, or have you had any interactions with him. I know he's working with Senator Booker on, uh, the police reform bill, and Mm -hmm. we're still hoping something good comes out of that. But, uh, but have you had a chance to talk with him?
1: No, because after the joint session, we were, um, in district, which means we were, were all the, all the members were home. So I returned today. As a matter of fact, I get on the plane at two o'clock and, um, I look forward to uh, having that discussion with him.
0: And uh, what do you think you'll say to him?
1: He's a very um, pleasant person. He's, um, we've had some heated discussions before (laughs) because I I literally said, how in the world can you be a Republican? And, you know, when he was... um, having that discussion about prison reform, and he acknowledged that, you know, he knows what it feels like to be pulled over while driving black, you know? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, but he is very comfortable uh, in his skin. He's a very intelligent man of being a Republican, and he embraces their policies. Um, And he knows when I talk to him, we're very... We're very clear with each other,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, he said, Brenda, I know I'm black." You know, he'll tell <laughs> me that. <laughs>
2: and
1: and I usually I just walk away and just change the subject because I I don't want to use inappropriate language.
0: Yeah. So, are you optimistic about mm-hmm. the work he's doing with Cory Booker on the on the police reform bill? I mean, I I have to say, you know as a a black person sitting there listening to his speech and listening to him say the things that he did, it gave me real pause about being optimistic about the work on that police reform bill, because I, I thought to myself, well, this is somebody who just does not have the same kind of perspective and he's, mm-hmm. he's not going to want to do the things that, that need to be done. Do you, do you have faith in that, uh, in that negotiation? Well,
1: the, you know, I, I have to, in my world, find the uh, find the goal in every pile of uh, manure. But um, <laughs> I um, the fact that he does acknowledge the acts of police um, racist policies of pulling people over, or um, you know, someone asked me the question the other day, Stephen said, why is it when black people are pulled over? they're slammed to the ground, their face is pushed in the ground, and the knee automatically goes in the back. What is that about? Mm-hmm. Is it the where we saw remember when we had the uh, we had the uh, riots and that young white male was carrying a a gun around his body openly. And had just killed someone, and the police just kind of waved at him and kept walking. You know, that we know even the resurrection, uh, not the resurrection, when we had January the 6th, Mm -hmm. if that had been a whole body of black people breaking into the White House, I mean, into the Capitol, destroying it, and the violence, Mm -hmm. there would not have been any hesitation to deploy bullets
0: yeah of course not
1: yeah um so you know it's it is what it is but having him at the table with cory um to discuss there is going to be some some movement that would not have happened i think if we were not talking to a black republican so i'm hopeful that um I'm hopeful that we can move that bill because we need it in America. And it's not just a black thing. That is America has said, because when we saw the protests and the marches, you know, in in some parts of the country, it was all white people saying, stop it. That's too much. It's enough already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, I want to get to some of the calls and uh, social media comments that we're getting about this subject. Brother Ray in Midtown Detroit, Preston in Ann Arbor, Xavier in Detroit. We want to hear from you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Also get to some of those social media comments uh, that people have been leaving on Facebook and on Twitter. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, uh, who we had on last week, and we're having a conversation about Senator Tim Scott and his comments about racism in America, how America is not a racist country. Uh, We wanted to finish that conversation with the the Congresswoman, uh, but we also want to hear from you about uh, Senator Scott's ideas. About what he said about race, what he said about America, uh, and what you think public officials, especially African American public officials, should be thinking when they speak on national platforms about racism in America, and especially about the conversation about racism that's uh, that's happening in so many places right now. Uh, as always, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number here on the phones. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and we'll. Try to work you into the show that way. Let's start with Preston in Ann Arbor. Preston, welcome to the show.
3: Hi, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I just uh wanted to talk about you know, obviously Tim Scott's a very intelligent person and he's made it into Congress, but in the from my experience and I've been the on the conservative side, there's like it's very common to believe that based on the laws we have in our country, there's nothing stopping Amer- African Americans from progressing. And they want—they tend to kind of push the idea that it's African Americans' fault mm-hmm. that they're not moving forward. And being that he's a Republican and he's surrounded by people that are believe this and are promoting this idea, despite him being very intelligent, it, it could be possible that he himself sees it that way and thinks that it's sees it as African-Americans' responsibility to change their life and not something systematic in our society that's preventing them from moving forward. So, Preston,
0: is that the message you took from what he said? Is that what you thought he was trying to communicate?
3: Well, uh, I think maybe he was just trying to communicate that probably most people aren't racist. But when you look at all the statistics and aspects of society, you know, it's hard not to label America as a racist country. But I just think he I don't think he wants to just call America racist rather than maybe saying America is a country that has widespread problems with race.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Preston, I really appreciate the call and the, the perspective there. Um, let's go to Brother Ray in Midtown. Brother Ray, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, hey good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Good hey. morning, Councilman. Uh we, we have to look at, also we have to weigh in on uh, President, President Biden's comments as well. Uh, we you know, make statements you know, whether, whether the country's racist as a whole. Mm-hmm. When you look at uh, the, a lot of white people uh, that's not racist, are uh, we labeling them as racist by labeling the country as racist? Because they have to play a part as well. Think for instance, like uh, Tom Cruise. He's giving uh, all his global, global, uh, golden global wars back to the institution, making a state. So white people have to step up. If you're not going to be labeled as a racist country, then you have to step up and say, okay, now, I'm not racist. This is the part I'm going to play. As, in terms of a Republican, we have a, 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 Police chiefs like James Craft, who's a Republican, mm-hmm. he's governing a majority black city. Can a, can a Republican be fair? Mm. All Republicans gonna be labeled as racist. So my takeaway is that the white people is not racist if they not if they don't want to be labeled as being in a racist country or a racist country because this is part of their country as well as our country equally. Then they have to step up.
0: Yeah, yeah, brother Ray. As always, uh, thanks for the call and the really wonderful uh insights into the conversation we're having a uh, congresswoman uh react to 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 what we heard from both Preston and uh from Brother Ray. Up. Oh, have we lost the congresswoman again? I think we have. <laughs> um okay, we're going to try to get uh, congresswoman Lawrence back of course we're close to the end of the time with her uh again. Let me take one more call, and then uh, we'll see if we can we get her back on the line. Let's uh, go with Joan in Southfield. Joan, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. I have a question,
1: Stephen, of Miss Lawrence and yourself. Twice she said, it is what it is. Now, what, what type of response is that to a question <laughs> that you asked her about the senator?
0: Why? Well,
1: I- <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, what... what I, I I can't fathom that. So,
0: John. Uh,
1: no, no, no. What I want to
2: know: What does it mean? What it is, what it is.
0: Okay, okay. Well, let me. Uh, we do have uh, Congresswoman Lawrence back. Let me let her start and answer uh, answer that question. What do you mean when you say it is what it is when you're talking about Senator Scott?
1: Every person is they define themselves. We we are America. We have freedoms to say. I am who I am, I believe, and and what I believe he is, uh, we know he's an African-American, we know he's a Republican, but he has defined himself, and that's what he believes. When I say it is what it is, I don't have the power to change his belief, but what I do have the power to do is speak truth to power and to define um, the reality and the fact that exist in America. Mm -hmm. And when I say it is what it is, that was my shortcut way of saying we cannot change Mr. Scott. But what we can do is do like my grandmother and to educate, to reach out, to talk Mm -hmm. and to debate where he is. And hopefully, you know, he may change me. I may change him, but it is what it is because he's a grown adult, educated, accomplished man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great answer to to Joan's question. Okay, uh, Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, it's always great to talk with you. Uh, and this is two times in two weeks, uh, <laughs> so it's a special occasion. Yes. But, uh, but thank you so much for, uh, for coming back and finishing this conversation.
1: Thank you so much, and everyone be blessed and get your vaccines.
0: Yes, get your vaccines, absolutely. Um, okay. Okay, we'll talk with you soon. We're going to take uh, another quick break here and talk when we get back about today being the deadline to decide whether a proposal to really change Detroit's charter is going to be on the August 3rd ballot. I'm going to talk with Richard Mack, who is a member of the city's Charter Revision Commission. Also, Raquel Castaneda-Lopez, who is a member of the city council here in Detroit, is going to call in and talk with us about it. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today.